morning we are concluding our sermon series, Why Jesus, as we've been walking through the second chapter of the Gospel of Mark. This morning we read verses 23 through 28. Hear now the word of the Lord. One Sabbath he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look! Why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat, and he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our risen and reigning Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The Pharisees were always complaining about Jesus. He just didn't act the way a good rabbi should. And so they complained when he talked about an unrepentant sinner being forgiven. They complained when he welcomed and even ate with tax collectors and other flagrant sinners. They complained when his disciples weren't fasting like theirs did. But perhaps the most dangerous complaint they leveled against Jesus was that he was a violator of the Sabbath law, which if you recall was the fourth commandment given by God to Moses on Mount Sinai. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day shall be a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. And yet, Jesus just kept on doing things that at least in the minds of the Pharisees, violated that commandment. Now, according to the law of Moses, breaking the Sabbath commandment came with a very harsh penalty, uh, death, in fact. And so understanding how to properly obey this law was literally a matter of life and death for the Israelites. So over time, they came up with a list of 39 activities that constituted work and that were therefore forbidden on the Sabbath day. This included things like reap, or, uh, sewing, weaving, baking, planting, uh, lighting a fire, putting out a fire, but it also included reaping, which meant removing any part of a plant from its source of growth. And that's precisely what the disciples were doing. They were plucking off the heads of the grains to eat as they were walking through a field. And since a rabbi was deemed responsible for the behavior of his disciples, the Pharisees went to Jesus and said, why, Jesus, are your disciples 
doing this? Are, are you all going to obey our laws? Or are you Sabbath breakers? After all, if they could show that Jesus and his disciples didn't properly follow all the, the law, then they could easily discredit him and no one would listen to him anymore. And at best, well, you know. But Jesus' response is, is somewhat peculiar. He basically says, hey, don't you remember when David and his companions were hungry and they ate that consecrated bread of the presence that was only lawful for the priests to eat? I mean, technically, David broke the law when he ate that special bread that was put out on the altar as an offering for God. And yet, it was deemed acceptable because of the need. Now, technically, the disciples had also broken the law because they reaped on the Sabbath. But Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was not, the Sabbath was made for human beings, not human beings for the Sabbath. To get that backwards was to completely miss the point. See, the Sabbath was not given as another taskmaster for God's people, but it was a way for God to, to fulfill God's good purposes for humanity. And since Jesus was the one, one in whom God's intentions for humanity were fulfilled, that made Jesus Lord of the Sabbath. And it was he alone who would determine what was proper to do on that day. And for Jesus, people's needs always came before law. Now, according to the, the fourth commandment, the people of Israel, Israel were to rest on the seventh day on Saturday and not do any work. The Bible gives two different reasons for this. In Exodus 20, it says that in six days, God created the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day, God rested. Therefore, God blessed the seventh day and consecrated it as a holy day of rest. There is a rhythm of work and rest built right into creation itself that we are intended to follow because we are created in God's image. Therefore, the people of God were to rest on the seventh day. But in Deuteronomy chapter 5, we get a different reason. Where it says, remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and then the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. See, when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, they were forced to work hard every day, always being told what to do. They were given no freedom and had no time off to, 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 to rest and recuperate. It was all work all the time. They were treated as nameless drones who served the whims of their master, Pharaoh which had the result of, of reducing them to something less than fully human, which is what slavery always does to us. So when God set them free from slavery, God commanded them to take a day of rest so that they might remember what God had done for them and to teach them that they were no longer to be slaves to their work or to anything else. There was to be but one Lord and Master in their lives, and that was Yahweh alone. And keeping Sabbath was their way of demonstrating 
God's lordship in their lives. Now, you may be wondering, why are we keep talking about slavery here? I mean, that's not really relevant to us anymore, right? We're not slaves to anything or, or anyone, right? Well, except for the fact that we're the most addicted society in human history, and be very sure, addiction is slavery. Drugs, alcohol, food, painkillers, pornography, ideological echo chambers. And how many of our lives, how many of our families' lives are completely controlled by youth sports? And how long does it take any of us before we start compulsively reaching for our cell phones? And then there's work. I mean, somehow in our society that, that is that's completely overworked and addicted to busyness, I mean, we, we've turned that into a badge of honor, right? I mean, after all, being busy makes us feel important, doesn't it? And we who are inheritors of the Protestant work ethic have often turned work and achievement into idols. I mean, from the time we're, we're, we're young, we're asked what we want to be when we grow up, which really means what do we want to do because we're taught that what we do determines who we are. And so we're urged to, to work hard in life so that we can construct a, a good life and a good identity for ourselves. And so we go through our lives thinking that life is all about work and that everything we have is simply a result of our own efforts. And so whenever we encounter an obstacle in life, our solution is usually just to work harder. And who really needs God when you can just work your way to a better life? See, we live in a society that though it often tips its hat to God, it it operates as if there is no God. In fact, it tries to play the role of Pharaoh, constantly telling us how we should live our lives, what we should think, what we should buy, what we should wear, what we should do. And since we've been taught that what we do determines who we are, we end up frantically trying to, to, to satisfy our slave master, Pharaoh, rather than the God who created us which again always reduces us to something less than fully human. And that inevitably turns us into grumpy people who go through life doing a lot of complaining. Remember after God set the people free from Egypt, it didn't take them very long before they started complaining once again, about a minute. After being slaves for so long, it, it was all they knew. And so God gave his people the Sabbath day. Now in Hebrew, the word Shabbat literally means stop it, cut it out, give it a rest. The Sabbath was God's way of giving his people a restful break from all their, 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 their work and slavish need to satisfy their master Pharaoh as they, as they learned to listen for God's life-giving voice rather than that enslaving voice of Pharaoh. Keeping Sabbath helped them to recognize that everything they had was really a gift of God's grace rather than a result of all of their hard work. 
and it reminded them that, that God alone was the creator of their lives, they were but creatures who were dependent on God for life. And therefore, Sabbath reminded them of who they really were. When I was in middle school and high school, our basketball team was not particularly big or very fast. So in order for us to win, we had to play very carefully, especially when playing against much quicker teams who love to play a, a run-and-gun style of basketball. Inevitably, those teams would try to pull us out of our game plan and get us to start playing their way, their fast-paced style. And it was when we had succumbed to playing their way and were getting run off the court that our coach would always call a timeout. Now, during this timeout, two very important things happened. First, we gratefully got a chance to, to sit down, to, to rest, to catch our breath and gain up some energy for the rest of the game. But second, the coach went, went back over our game plan and reminded us of who we were as a team. He reviewed what we had practiced together and urged us to not let the other team tempt us into playing their way. In order for us to win, we had to be clear about our own identity. And so during that time out, we got to be physically refreshed, but also restored to who we were as a team. Of course, we had to participate in that timeout for it to make any difference. I mean, we could have arrogantly refused to sit down or to listen to anything our coach told us and just go do our own thing. But the results of that were always very predictable and very painful. Perhaps if there'd been a few more timeouts last night, things would have been different. <laughs> Just saying. I wonder, is anybody here getting run off the court by your job or your schoolwork or all of your obligations or or just by life itself? Well, Sabbath is, is God's way of calling a time out for his people. It's a gift, a, a grace, to help us learn to live according to God's game plan for our lives rather than Pharaoh's. Its purpose is to, to reorient our lives back towards God and to restore our humanity after it's been so damaged by running in the rat race. Now, Lily Tomlin once said that the trouble with the rat race is that even if you win, you're still a rat. <laughs> but Sabbath reminds us, teaches us, that we are not rats, that we are not slaves, but we are God's beloved children who've been set free from Pharaoh's yoke of slavery and called to live a different way, no longer controlled by our jobs or, or by anything else. You see, 
Sabbath is really all about freedom. This is what those complaining Pharisees never understood. They kept trying to make not working into a work. But Sabbath was never meant to be one more legal burden for God's people to carry. It was meant to help us to be fully and freely alive. See, our problem is that we have been deceived by the lies of our culture that tell us that our work defines us. And therefore, many of us have been seduced into living as slaves to the demands of our jobs, whether we work inside the home or outside, whether we're paid or volunteer, because we think that that's what will give our lives meaning. But life does not culminate in work. Any dying person will tell you that. It's often only those whose, whose lives are slipping away who've come to realize that life is about so much more than just working and achieving and earning and being busy. It, it's about relationships with God and, and, and with one another. And therefore, Sabbath is God's gift to help all of us get our lives back on the right track, to be living according to God's life-giving game plan for our lives. And that's why Sabbath is, is far too important for us only to do once a week. No, the truth is we, we really need a Sabbath time out at least once a day. Because the moment we turn on the TV or, or read the, 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 the headlines of the day or, or check our email or pick up our cell phones, Pharaoh begins to grab our attention, trying to enslave us once again. That's why it's so helpful to have a time uh, each morning of devotions with God so that before we get bombarded by all the lies and the demands of our enslaving world, we get to, to begin the day listening to the voice of God in whose image we were created, the Lord of the Sabbath, who in Jesus Christ was dying for us to be free. Of course, technically speaking, we don't really observe the Sabbath day anymore, right? I mean, those early Christians changed their holy day from Saturday to Sunday, the eighth day of the week. As those who had been set free from the law in Jesus Christ, they were no longer bound to strictly observe the Sabbath command. Instead, they gathered on the day of resurrection, the day of new creation, to celebrate the Lord's Supper and Christ's great victory over sin and death and every Pharaoh in this world. So Sunday became a day of, of celebration and worship rather than just a day of rest. And it was their weekly worship together that helped shape them as a people into the body of Christ, who alone reveals what it means to truly be human. This is why our worship together was meant to be the defining center of our lives as Christians, not because we're required to by law, 
but because it's God's gift to us to help us to be fully and freely alive. When worship, we we get to take a time out from our fast-paced, addictive to society to remember who we are, to have our humanity restored in Christ, and to demonstrate that Jesus alone is Lord of our lives. In worship, we rehearse together what it means to live as free people who now listen to the life-giving voice of the Savior rather than the enslaving voice of Pharaoh. In worship, we learn to recognize that everything we have is but a gift of God's grace rather than a result of all of our work and, and, and achievement and earnings and busyness. And in worship, we learn to see the truth that Jesus Christ is alive and at work in our midst. And it is his work alone that saves us and gives our lives true meaning. And when we discover that, then every moment of life becomes an opportunity for worship. And only when we become people who are devoted to worship will we ever be able to live joyful lives of gratitude rather than complaint.